Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton the solution is not complex you don't have to be a genius to figure this out you don't have to know hebrew just go up to the mountains bring wood and build the temple start doing what god has told you to do aren't you glad that it's not super complicated with god That when you realize that your priorities are out of order in life, to fix it, you just start doing what God has told you to do. Like any family, God's household also requires work on the part of every family member. Today, Pastor Dan brings the words of the Old Testament prophet Haggai to life in his insistence of returning to God's plan. Maybe you feel like it's too late for you. God's not asking for an extravagant assignment before you can even return to His good graces. Scriptures say that God throws our transgressions as far away as possible. He simply welcomes with open arms and gently assures, let's get back to it. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Haggai chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says that we should seek first the kingdom of God. He's talking about priorities there. Seek first the kingdom of God. In Colossians chapter 1, it says, In all things, Jesus Christ should have preeminence. In all things. Not just churchy things, but all things. The New American Standard Bible says Jesus should have first place in everything. Jesus should hold the place of preeminence in our lives. He should have first place in everything we do. We should always seek first the kingdom of God in everything we do, every decision we make, how we spend our time, how we spend our money, what we do, where we go. Jesus Christ and his kingdom should be our first priority ahead of everything else. But just like the Jews in Haggai, we can get our priorities out of order. We can put other things ahead of Jesus Christ in our lives. We can make other things a greater priority in life. We can put other things in that first place position and move Jesus down to second place or third place or even lower on the priority list. And then we can make excuses for having upside down priorities. Well, the timing's just not right. I'm just really busy right now. Maybe later. I plan to get to that in the future. Now, look what God says in verse 5 through the prophet Haggai. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Now, Haggai will call them to consider five times. Five times he will tell them to consider their ways. In the NIV, it says, give careful thought to your ways. The word consider here, it has the idea of what your heart is set on. 
God says, what is your heart set on? Consider your ways. It's good for us to pause. And do a self-examination of our heart and our priorities. Is Jesus the biggest priority in your life? Is he the biggest priority in your family? Would you say tonight that Jesus is preeminent? Would you say tonight that he has first place in your life and in your home? Do you seek first the kingdom of God and all that you do? Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Now, watch what he says here. They were not doing what God called them to do because their priorities were wrong. God was not preeminent. And watch what he says. As a result of not having God in his proper position in their lives and in the nation, they experienced hardship. Look at verse 6. You have sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. You know what that is. That's inflation, is what he's describing there. The price of goods was increasing. The cost of living was rising faster than their income. So it was like they put their money in bags with holes. Where did all my money go? How are we already out of money? They were experiencing economic hardship. As a nation, they were experiencing scarcity. They were experiencing a lack of basic goods like food and drink. They were experiencing inflation. Prices were going up. People were struggling to make ends meet. They were experiencing just dissatisfaction and discontentment. You've sown much, you bring in little. You eat, but it's not enough. You drink, but you're not filled. You clothe yourselves, but you're still not warm. You can't get warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them into a bag with holes. And it was the result of their disobedience to the Lord. It was a result of their disobedience. They did not do what God brought them to Jerusalem to do. He brought them to Jerusalem to build the house of the Lord. That's the only reason they're there. And instead, they built paneled houses for themselves. And Haggai is telling them, there is a direct connection between your economic trouble and your disobedience to the Lord. Your problems are spiritual, he's saying. They're not economic. They're spiritual. God is not the priority in your life that he should be. You're not obeying the Lord the way you should. And that's why you have all these problems. Now, that is not to say that anytime you have any kind of economic problems or the car breaks down or whatever, that that is God punishing you or disciplining you. But it can be. Could be. It's a good time to consider your ways. Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and and wealth. And if my priorities are wrong and I have things in my life that are more important than Jesus Christ, God will often make those things that are more important to me fail to get my attention, to show me my priorities are wrong, to show me that the focus of my life is in the wrong place. I think of the story of, of Elijah, the prophet, right? The time of Elijah, the prophet in the Old Testament During the time of Elijah, Israel put their trust in Baal, the false god, because they believed Baal caused the rain to fall on their crops, to water their crops, and that Baal would send rain 
to give them an abundant crop. So what did the Lord do? He sent a drought on the land for three and a half years. He made the God they were trusting in fail them. So they would see the futility of trusting in Baal. And sometimes, not every time, but sometimes God will do the same thing with us. He'll make things fail. He'll make things fall apart. That's what he did with the Jews who'd returned to build the temple. But they weren't building the temple. Again, you've sown much, bring in little, you eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but you're not warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. He's saying, don't you see the connection between your upside down priorities and all of the hardship you're experiencing? So verse eight, go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. I love verse eight. The solution is not complex. You don't have to be a genius to figure this out. You don't have to know Hebrew. Just go up to the mountains, bring wood and build the temple. Start doing what God has told you to do. Aren't you glad that it's not super complicated with God? That when you realize that your priorities are out of order in life to fix it, you just start doing what God has told you to do. You've been disobedient, so now be obedient. That's simple enough. Look at verse 8 again. God says, build the temple that I may take pleasure in it. Do you know that when we give Jesus the place of preeminence in our lives and we do what God has called us to do and walk in the good works that God has called us to walk in, it brings God pleasure. It pleases him. It pleases him. It pleases God to see us putting him first and walking in his ways. And God says to the Jews in Jerusalem, build the temple that I may take pleasure in it. And look at verse eight again and be glorified. That is, be glorified in the eyes of the non-believers in the surrounding nations. For the non-believers in the surrounding nations, they've watched these Jews for 16 years. They watched them make the journey from Babylon hundreds of miles back to Jerusalem with zeal and excitement. They watched them start to build the temple and get the foundation in place and then quit. And then for 16 years, they focused on building up their own homes and their own wealth. And they've neglected their God. They've neglected their God's house. They've been a bad witness to the non-believers around them. To the non-believers, it looks like the Jews don't really care about their God. Why would a non-believer want to believe in the God of Israel? They don't even prioritize their own God. You know, there are non-believers in your life that know that you're a Christian. And they watch your life. They may never tell you, but they, they watch your life. And they're watching to see if Jesus is real to you. Do you really believe in him? Is he preeminent in your life? Are you committed to him? Do you really believe the book and live by the book? Is your life different because of your relationship with Jesus Christ? Or are you just like everyone else? 
I attended a funeral many years ago, and one of the people that spoke at the funeral was a childhood friend of the person who had died. And this friend, I don't believe, was a believer in Jesus Christ. But the one thing that the friend said of the person who had died was, when he started following Jesus, he never looked back. That's quite a testimony from a non-believer. When he started following Jesus, he never looked back. He was the real deal. And his life was lived to the glory of God. Not, not sinless, not perfect, but God was glorified in his life. That a non-believer could stand up in his funeral and say, once he started following Jesus, that guy never looked back. When we walk in God's ways in obedience to him, it brings glory to God and it's a witness to people. God says to the Jews here, build the temple that I may be glorified among the people around you that don't know me. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Look what he says now in verse 9. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. (laughs) What little bit they could find and bring home, God blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because of my house that is in ruins. While every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. The Lord says here that their disobedience to the Lord resulted in a drought in the land. And this drought brought economic catastrophe to the nation. And I bet they never thought that the drought and economic catastrophe that they faced had anything to do with their obedience to God. In their minds, they were unrelated. No, one is material. One is spiritual. But all all of the trouble, all of the economic trouble they had in the nation, all of the lack and scarcity and the drought, it was the result of their disobedience to the Lord. They didn't do what the Lord told them to do. And in a similar way, our disobedience to the Lord can bring about a spiritual drought into our lives. A spiritual dryness or barrenness, a spiritual lack, a spiritual emptiness. And the solution is simple. Start doing what God has told you to do. Go up to the mountains, get some trees, build the temple, start obeying. And so now we come to verse 12. And in verse 12, we have the response of Zerubbabel, the governor, Joshua, the high priest, and all the people that are there in Jerusalem. Verse 12 says, Then Zerubbabel and Joshua, the high priest, 
with all the remnant of the people. Look what it says. They obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, and the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord, their God had sent them. And the people feared the presence of the Lord. They obeyed the voice of the Lord. They realize they've neglected God. They've neglected God's work. They realize their priorities are out of order and they obeyed the Lord. They corrected their error. Obedience is the right response to God's word. By the way, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, God's word is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. When the word of God reproves us, the correct response is obedience. To repent and obey. That's what they do here. This is how they respond to the word. They obey. And they feared the presence of the Lord. The fear of the Lord motivated them to obedience. Just reverence for God. Respect for God. And then verse 13, it says, Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. Now that they have responded with obedience to the Lord, God reassures them and says, I'm with you. I'm with you in this work. I've called you to this. I'm with you in it. And so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. Now, the phrase stirred up can also mean to awaken, to awaken. The people have been spiritually asleep for 16 years. And the Lord, just like that, has awakened them through his word. Haggai's message was a wake-up call to the people of God. And we pray for God to wake up his people in our day. That God would stir up his people and wake them up. Even in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, Romans 13, 11, I'll just read it to you. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed here in Romans, it says it's time to wake. It's time to awake out of sleep. It's time to wake up because our salvation is nearer than when we first believe we're closer to seeing Jesus Christ than ever before. This is not the time to be a slumbering Christian. This is not the time to be an apathetic Christian or a sleeping Christian. This is the time to wake up and get to the work of the Lord. And so they came and they worked on the house of the Lord, their God. Verse 15, it gives us the date on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Now, look back at verse one, the first date we were given. And here in verse 15, the second date, it's only been 23 days since Haggai first delivered his message from the Lord. They've put off the Lord's work for 16 years. They've made excuses for 16 years. And now, through the prophet Haggai, the Lord has awakened them out of their slumber. And the people immediately get to work. 
going up into the mountains, cutting down the trees, processing the wood into boards, and getting back to the work that God has called them to do, building the temple. No longer saying, the time's not come for us to do the work. The time's not right. They immediately obeyed and got to work, not putting it off anymore. And I love that God gives the exact date in verse 15. And that date seems insignificant to us, right? But to the remnant of the Jews that were there, that's an important date. And that's an important date because that's the day that they repented. That's the day they got their priorities right and got back to the work God has called them to do. And some of you, I know you've got a date. Some of you, I know you have a date where maybe you you grew up in the church and you were kind of spiritually asleep for a lot of years. And then there was this one event, this one message or you're reading the Bible and God just spoke to you. The Holy Spirit just convicted you and you can point to a date and you can say on that day when I heard that sermon or when I read that passage of scripture or when that person shared that verse with me, man, the Holy Spirit stirred me up. The Holy Spirit awakened me at that point. And that date may be insignificant to everybody else, but it's significant to you. Because that's when the Lord awakened you. And you got back to the work of the Lord. And God is so gracious here. God is so gracious that he lets us come back to him. And just jump right back into the work. He doesn't say, hey, it's been 16 years. You know, I've, I've already moved on. I've found some other, some other people to do the work now. I didn't think you guys were coming back. So I, no, come on, get back to work. You know, yeah, you took a 16-year break. You've used up all your vacation time, but now you need to get back to, to work. Maybe you're here tonight. Your priorities are out of order. Maybe you're here tonight and Jesus isn't preeminent in your life the way that he should be. Maybe you're here tonight and God has told you to do something and you keep putting it off. And you keep making excuses. Maybe God has stirred you in some way. And the solution is real simple. Just start doing what God has told you to do. Just like with the Jewish people here. Go up to the mountains, bring wood, build the temple. And maybe God has told you to do something and you've put it off. Just start doing it. Maybe you've put it off for a long time. Maybe you've made excuses for years. Just start doing it, whatever he's told you to do. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this opening chapter of Haggai. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy in our lives, Lord, that even when we get our priorities out of order, Lord, you call us back and you allow us to get right back to the work that you've called us to, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that your gifts and calling are without repentance, we thank you, Lord, that you don't, you don't change your mind about us. We thank you, Lord, for the promise that you don't leave us or forsake us. We thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to, to awaken us, to give us a wake-up call. Lord, I pray for those that maybe have things that are more important in their life than you, and their priorities are out of order. Lord, that they would just flip it and give you first place in their life. Lord, I pray for those here who you have told to do something and they've just made excuses. They would start doing it, Lord. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would stir in hearts the things that you want us doing. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.
listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Haggai, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We realize that there may be some unanswered questions you have from today's teaching. Would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about what you heard and try to encourage you in your spiritual walk with God. There are additional resources for you at calvaryec.com. So don't hesitate to explore what this ministry is all about. Ring of Truth is supported by Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. If you'd like to learn more about when and where we meet, service times and directions are on our website, calvaryec.com. To learn more about Pastor Dan or about what the church believes, we invite you to go to the About tab and read through some of that information on our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. You can email us too by going to the About tab and clicking on Contact. We hope you'll be excited to come back to hear more from the book of Haggai. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through this Old Testament prophetic book next time. So tune in and be a part of our listening audience once again. Until then, be learning and growing on your own as you dive into God's Word. And join us again on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Reach true.